Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. We're in our 22nd or 23rd year here on Voice America. And this is the show that that really shows you how to turn your problems into solutions and your obstacles into opportunities and make your dreams come true. And we have a really interesting, fascinating, unusual, and inspiring program for you today. My guest is Dr. Frida Birnbaum. She is a PhD, a research psychologist, and a psychotherapist. She's the award-winning author of Life Begins at 60, A New View of Motherhood, Marriage, and Reinventing Ourselves, and What Price Power, an in-depth study of the professional woman in a relationship. And today we're talking about an amazing thing. Age is not what it used to be. In past generations, people became grandparents by the age of 50. Today, it isn't unusual to see someone in their 40s or 50s become a first-time parent. Improved nutrition and lifestyle and healthcare are allowing people to live longer and live younger for longer. And it's high time that we adjust to the assumptions about age to reflect these changes. So psychologist Dr. Frida Birnbaum is living proof that age is no longer a limitation to having twins at 60. And, and it's just amazing. She is noted as the first woman to have twins at the age of 60 in this country. Welcome, Dr. Birnbaum. Welcome, Frida. Thank you so much. And most important to let everyone know I'm not falling apart yet. So I'm not some little old lady there uh, doing something that's a miracle. Uh, but, uh, you know, we are living, as you said, in a time where we are redefining who we are, not through age, but who we are personally. You could be 30, and you can feel over the hill. You could be seven in your 70s, and you can be somebody who has a lot of energy, productivity, uh, and uh, a lot of things to look forward to in the future as well not only now. Hmm. So what do you think um, redefining aging looks like? Well, we have to get away from being uh, pigeonholed and put into a box uh, because women today seem to be afraid of giving their age because they will be viewed a certain way. In reality, if everyone were to be honest, then we could have the potential of Uh, really seeing what age is all about. So it's not how society looks at your age. It's about how you present your age to society is really what we need to change today. Mm -hmm. And you have, we were talking before the show, you have adult children, right? Yes. You have then your twins, which you had at the age of 60, Now, was this a conscious decision? Did you say, this is something I really want to do, and how did you go about this? Well, you know, the white elephant in the room is that, guess what? It wasn't me. It was my husband who wanted that. And people wrote me saying, oh, you're doing it to look younger, to write a book, to make a movie. And I'm thinking, are you kidding? I'm staying up 2 o'clock in the morning so I can (laughs) write a book? No way. There are easier ways to do it. So I didn't do it for any of those things. My husband told me that, don't tell your age. You look younger than your years. People are living longer. Um, This is something uh, that's uh, doable. So today, when we're talking about uh, everything that's in front of us, I was always put into a situation on a personal level uh, where I had to think for myself. I was brought up during the era of the women's lib. And in no way did I have friends because I was doing what everyone else was not supposed to do, was have a relationship, family, and career. No way. PhDs are not, were not meant for women. Uh, women were supposed to be loyal, faithful, stay at home. So I always sort of broke some kind of barrier on the way. 
but it never made sense to me. It never made sense, but society told me who I should be. And I've always had a stigma. So having these twins is actually nothing new. Uh, I've always lost friends, but I'll tell you the truth. I think the more I do, the more I'm criticized. So I must be doing something right. Now, That's- in having children at that stage, or whether it's 50, 50 whatever age it is, um, is this something that we do in vitro? Do we do it? I mean, how, how does this happen? How is it biologically? So, biologically, most women stop having their periods by the age of 55. That's pretty late into your uh, midlife. Uh, so today, uh, women are able to have careers and have uh, a sense of themselves and have children later because the time clock was always a disadvantage for women where men wasn't the case. So in vitro came in. Uh, and because of that, and I remember, what was it, somebody right or something did in vitro? And was people were horrified about this. It was like having a, a plastic baby, something not real. Because change, anything new, makes people uncomfortable, but isn't that the only way we can grow? So in vitro came in, and uh, technically what happens is that the sperm and the uh, egg are actually outside the body in a Petri dish. And then after a few days, when it takes, then it's being put back into the body. So by the time you realize you're pregnant, you're already maybe three days into the pregnancy. Uh, but today, women can freeze their eggs. Um, they can use their eggs later. Uh, there's even something I heard uh, that you can use somebody else's, um, what is it called, where they fertilize the egg, but the gene, your genes are yours. So it's the baby is biologically yours, but hormonally, um, I'll think of the word so your listeners can know if they're interested. Um, you can do this. It's, it's being offered in Manhattan and other areas as well. So there are many different ways that women uh, that were held back uh, previously because of family uh, can have families uh, later in life uh, and carry them full term, which I did without any kind of problems. And... Um, I'm not saying you should have a child at 60. I am saying that at 60, you're young enough to do things uh, similar to when you were younger, which is a new career, a new relationship. You can move. uh, You can do whatever you want to. You're not restricted uh, because of those numbers. That's really my message. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most people would not want to do what I did. And I, understand I would like to ask you, Frida, about yes. raising a child when you're older and being around moms and families that are much younger, how that how that works, how that worked for you. you know, and what your yeah. suggestion would be about that. And what? I'm sorry. And what your suggestion would be about that. Okay, well, first of all, today, it's a whole different um, atmosphere in the schools. Mothers are older. Mothers are in their 40s. They're no longer in their 20s. Very few do I see in their 20s. And women, 40s and 50s, really, you can't even tell the difference uh, of the age. So there's never been anything that where my kids didn't have their play dates. I didn't go to the meetings. I wasn't active. If I wanted to be, I could be. I was just like everybody else because there were mothers that were older. So I fit right in. I don't think anybody even knows so much about me in the school system. It's local. And if they did, I didn't see anything that made me look or feel different. I, right, right in my neighborhood, there's a woman in her 50s. Well, she's in her, she's in her 60s now. She's 10 years younger than me. But her children are the same age as my children. So it's getting there more and more. Mm-hmm. People are not telling their age, though. Yeah. And do you think that's a good idea for people not to tell their age? I don't think it's a good idea because then there's a stigma about age. Right. And if we can represent what age is today, it's very different. I mean, my mother, when she was 40, she had a miscarriage on purpose because she was considered an old lady to have a child. They said women are beginning to have children in their 40s through in vitro. 
through help. That's true. And I had a patient, I have a patient whose daughter was trying to have a child in her 40s. She tried it twice. I said, try it one more time. And it took, and she has a beautiful little girl. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's, it's a different uh, way of looking at life because it used to be with me going to high school, getting married, and then um, having children. And today it's getting an education, being independent, having a career, mm-hmm. uh, equality in the marriage, having children. Well, now, having children are good. To, I'm not saying you have to have a career. I'm saying women who choose to can do that today. Mm-hmm. What about the differences in ages of the children? How have you found that worked out in your family as you had children 15, 20 years older? And how has it worked out in other families that you know of? Well, my husband has a brother, seven years older than him. They never spoke. They didn't get along. My family is very close. We have dinners together. We celebrate holidays together. So there's a sense of caring and helping each other. So it's a different type of dynamics that we have. Uh, it's not competitive. Uh, we want to know that each of us are okay. So... It's really the parenting, how you make sure that everyone's treated equally, how there's some common bonds. My son came home from college uh, last week. I made sure that they had some kind of, um, you know, rapport in the evening where they're going to watch some kind of movie together, uh, go out to dinner together. Um, I make sure that when we're talking, I bring them into the picture. So it's really the parents... Uh, more than the age. You could be very close to eight, your age group mm-hmm. and uh, be uh, singled out or the preferred one. So what and, you're saying is it's it's how the parents really orchestrate this. The parents yes. have a real um, influence in how this works between the siblings. Yes, I mean, we, yeah, we do. We have rituals we go to. We go to temple together as a family. Uh, and so those things that become important also bond us together. And also the children can learn from each other in different generations. I mean, it has to be, it's very interesting, right? Because they yeah. can take care of the children, of the younger that's, children. As absolutely. Well. That's a very important point because in the car, that's when you do the best talking in the car. Uh, my son, my older son was giving advice to the twins because they're in the same high school he was in about the teachers, who he likes, who he doesn't like, what courses to take. I took too many AP courses. It wasn't necessary. Don't take this, you know. So he's helping them. And he's even saying if they can do it, because he was already accepted for a high-caliber position, he'll recommend them also if they can get there. So he's giving a helping hand, and it makes him feel good. It makes him feel powerful, too. So it's back and forth. It's not only one-sided. And as a psychotherapist, you have clients that have had children older. Yes, it's something that's not uncommon. And, uh, you know, they could call it late bloomers, or you could call it people who just weren't ready or met, didn't meet the right person yet. And that's uh, something that's important also, that you can have a child later in life uh, if you never had children or if you want to bond with the person that you have. And that is very helpful for the relationship as well. Yeah, so these women who are career career women, and I counsel some of them because they're also psychoanalysts like myself, uh, they didn't, didn't have an urge or a need to have children till later. But they're the best parents because they've already found out who they are. They don't feel like they're missing out. They have the resources to take care of them. Mm-hmm. So it's a, much, it's a very calm kind of uh, relationship they have with one another. Yeah, and many times at that stage, they're financially secure. So that's too. Yeah. Absolutely, it does help a lot. Right. All right, we're going to take a break. Um, When we come back, we're going to talk more to Frida about parenting, about relationship with your partner when you have children, when you're older. So we'll talk a lot about that. How can people find your book and learn more about you? Well, I'm on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. They could call in. Uh, for that, and uh, that's and my website is drfrida.com. 
I have a bo- podcast myself, the Dr. Frida Show, and I'm um, on TV <laughs> and radio and podcasts like yourself. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay. All right. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com. My guest is Frida Birnbaum, PhD, research psychologist and psychotherapist. And her award winning in her book is Life Begins at 60, A New View of Motherhood, Marriage and Reinventing Ourselves. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's time to get real, discover who you are, and get the tools to navigate your life. It's time to rock your midlife with Dr. Ellen Albertson, the Midlife Whisperer. Your midlife roadmap is the blueprint you need to roll with change, transform yourself, and create a fabulous second adulthood. Get answers and solutions for whatever you're up against and transform problems into opportunities. Make your next life chapter your best chapter with Rock Your Midlife every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think of the world. 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin Show. Hello, everyone, and we are back. And today we are talking about redefining aging. My guest is Dr. Frida Birnbaum. She is the oldest woman in America to give birth to twins. Her youngest sons were born when she was 60 which lends a unique perspective on issues related to parenting and the empower of women at any age. Dr. Frida Birnbaum is a registered psychologist. Her award-winning book is Life Begins at 60, A New View of Motherhood, Marriage, and Reinventing Ourselves. She also has her own podcast, and you can log on to her website as well, which is drfrida.com. Welcome back, Frida. Thank you so much. Thank you. And it's Frida, F-R-I-E-D-A dot That's a good, that's good you said that. Most people do not spell it right. So thank you. I appreciate that. And it's D-R. Okay. Yes. Frida. Okay. So talk about age being redefined now. I mean, in your book, you write about a lot of celebrities who've had children in their mid forties and fifties. Talk about this whole redefining of aging. So, you know, here I am at this age and uh, I'm surprised because what I was told to expect just didn't happen. Uh, I'm basically the same person with the same needs. So the book Life Begins at 60 was not only about my twins, but about myself, that not to fear getting older. I feel personally gets better. You know who you are more, you know, position to make decisions more than before. And so uh, it's a just more comfortable uh, place to be in. And then also I, I redefined certain words because Words give you feeling, you know, middle age seems to apply. You're in the middle, you made it, now you're going 
You went up, you're in the middle, now you're going down. So the implication of middle age always bothered me. And when is middle age? When I got ac accepted to Columbia University, I was 35 years old for my graduate uh, studies in psychology. And my sister-in-law, who did not wish me well, said to me, oh, you were middle, you're middle-aged. And I said, what? I'm middle-aged? At that time, 35 was middle-aged. So that bothered me. It's way too young. I mean, at 45 or something, I received AARP requests for them to send me magazines for Medicare and stuff. And I said, they must have the wrong number and the wrong address. No, that's not where I am in my life. So we have to redefine where it's. I felt instead of midlife, it should be peak life because you're really at your peak. And especially women should not fear getting older. It does get better. Uh, so that's uh, my message. Remember that we talk about retirement, too. It's in my book about reinventing uh, yourself is really the word, not retiring from life. Mm -hmm. Because we don't have these grandmas sitting in wheelchairs and whatever anymore. Not until their 90s. I mean, today, uh, it's exercise and uh, trips and um Reinventing yourself with new careers. We go and we do things we couldn't do before. So we're having fun. And, you know, I did research and said people in their 70s are actually the happiest. Go figure that one out. Mm. But it's true. You know, people don't believe me, but it's true. All these things that I've read are true. And then we were talking about women and in vitro. It's another opportunity today. But age has been redefined uh, to looking at what we can do and women today can be fertile and so they're not judged as oh these kid these people can have children these people can't they're older they're not older no these people can if they want to if they want to uh, most people well the opportunities there today with in vitro yes, if they want to right what about health uh, as we get older I haven't had, my father lived a long life. My mother lived a long life. They didn't have health issues. So I have not had anything that's concerning me at this moment in time. Uh, and if I do, um, there are new ways of approaching uh, medical problems today that we didn't have before as well. Uh, new technologies, uh, new medicines, uh, preventative measures that are out there today uh, that we didn't have. So we, we're living in a different time, not only uh, technologically, is that a word, technologically? But Technology. Yeah. Technology. Something like that. Yes. But medically, we're living at a, in a different uh, time uh, frame today. And that needs to be addressed more. We need to be able to hear what is going on, not only the traditional way, because we find comfort with the familiar but it's not necessarily what's best for us. There's a lot of um, different functional medicine out there that's very progressive uh, for the time. What do you feel is. women need to do or what have you done to maintain your good health? Uh, I just walked around the block before. I. Um, what do I do? I uh, put... Uh, cream on my face, but actually, I don't know what's the name of the cream, the cheap cream. And um, I don't believe in all these things that you scrub on your face and whatever that they have everywhere you go. Um, family is very important. To be able to have a relationship, a good relationship is very important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Friends, community mm -hmm. is important. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, taking care of your the way you look, you know, dressing uh, appropriately, dressing, uh, physical attributes are important to maintain um, uh, your uh, physical standards mm -hmm. are important because it has to do a lot with how you feel. Um, yeah, and and also. Um what you're feeling about foods that we eat, exercising, um, getting enough sleep? Uh, well, now the new thing is seven hours. They say even nine hours is too much can be also not uh, good for you. 
So you have to be careful or to sleep too much. 20 minute nap is good if you can do it. Um, you know, so that's in the sleep area. Uh, eating has to do with not overeating, uh, you know, highly nutritional sound, uh, foods. Um, and, uh, meat has some vitamins in it that other foods don't have. Let's face it. And it should be a grass fed, uh, food, uh, meat. Um, everything if you can possibly, uh, to prevent preservatives. As I'm talking to you, I remember my parents, where I remember my mother came home with this apple that looked waxed. And she says, look what they have now. They can make apples. And we used to have apples that looked pretty bad, you know, all kinds of, look what they have now that you can eat now. And we were so excited. And today it's the apples that we had before. That's the organic apples that we used to buy all the time. That's exciting. So things have really uh, changed around. We didn't know that spraying from the plains on this these vegetables and fruits. Uh, mm. but, you know. I'm going to move back for a minute to parenting and raising children. Do you think you're raising your twins any differently than you raised your other children who are in different generations? What would you say about that? Uh, I'm I'm raising them pretty much the same. Uh, there are different types of parenting, and we are authoritarian, authoritative, authoritative, uh, parents. So there is, uh, permissive, authoritarian, and authoritative. Now, that means that you support your child to do what they want, but you give them structure. And that's basically naturally for me to do. Getting them to do whatever they want to do is easy. But they don't really have direction. They don't really know what they're doing. They think they know what they're doing. I mean, my twins think they know more than me, but that's okay. <laughs> Let them think this way for a while. It does give them some confidence. But when it comes to big issues, I feel that it's when you can talk about little things and you can talk about big things to kids. So that's been pretty much the same uh, with my older children. Uh, we're very close. My daughter calls me and my son calls me all the time. Uh, my, uh, 22 year old calls me every night. Every day, I make sure that I talk to each of my kids, whether they're in the home or they're not in the home. Uh, so it's basically, I think it's a feeling for children, an experience that, you know, they say, if you see a child, you know the parent. And it's true. If a child is happy, confident. And that's where, where it comes from. I think all the problems in school, they're blaming it on bullies and on the teachers and on the counselors. Oh, it's the parents. It's the parents' responsibility when the child leaves the house that uh, they're in good hands because you put them in good hands. They're already in a good place. It's uh, very important what you think of them. They really carry all the small details with them, all the experiences. How do you feel, Frida, about having family meetings together so that you discuss issues and then everybody has a say in what the issue is and it teaches them problem solving? How do you feel about that? That's wonderful. I mean, we kind of do that over dinner. We'll sit and talk. I mean, for me personally, my best time is in the car because then they think that, you know, I'm just not, what they're saying, I'm not listening so much to, and it's it's not so significant, so they let go more, and I take that into account. I think the best thing to do, really, is to follow through with what they say, similar to what I do in therapy, and bring it back up, and what happened with this, what happened with that. When we have, we have family meetings, there are uh, opposing fields, and they're uh, you know, we sort of have uh, informal family meetings at the table, and that doesn't go off too well because they're very opinionated and they're very different. My twins are very different than each other. Yeah. One is um, a little egocentric and a little out there and loves to be a joker. The other one disciplines him and tells him he's wrong. So for meetings, that would really not work in this family because they're very different than each other. Mm. Family, they're very different. That's so interesting. Yeah. So, what advice would you give to parents who have children of different ages, different generational ages? What would you say? 
I mean, the most important thing is to be there for each other, really. I mean, there's different uh, types of te technologies and uh, different political situations and economically, and the pandemic. I mean, we've gone through very different uh, lifestyles with this generation than my other generation that didn't experience it. So uh, what, what was the question again? What would I say to these kids or the different ages? To the parents, to the families with different generations. And uh, this also comes into play in blended families where you may have a partner, uh, you know, later in life, or this is a second marriage or a third marriage, and then you're bringing in other children from different generations. So what do you say there? There's one formula. There's only one formula. Equality for each child, whether they're yours biologically, foster parent, adopted parent, from another uh, marriage that was brought in, everybody is treated equally because even if you don't feel it, don't show it. It's going to affect them and the siblings will have sibling rivalry because of that. The unconscious level, they won't even realize where it's coming from, but the parent is creating it. So, you know, he said, she said this, and this didn't work, and this is not fair, or whatever. You always make them all accountable equally, equally. Unless somebody does something in front of you that's irrational or violent or abusive, then, of course, you have to uh, speak up. But other than that, you have to show them that they're all loved in the same way. It's going to help them get along with each other as well. Mm -hmm. What are the issues you find that you're dealing with as a psychotherapist now? Maybe issues that you're dealing with now more than you dealt with before, particularly with COVID where we've had so much anxiety. Do you see more anxiety? What are you seeing? First of all, infidelity. And guess what? It's more the women than the men now. The roles have been reversed. Women are out there. They're exposed to different types of people. I hate to say this. Uh, but that is an issue. I mean, I have kept marriages together, but it's still an ongoing issue. It's underlying in the relationship. And intimacy is really very important. And that does disrupt the marriage, whether you stay or not. You can't get away from that. But the biggest problem, the most reoccurring problem is money. Money is something that uh, people ponder over. Uh, not necessarily how much they have because they're hardworking people, the ones that come to see me, but how to distribute the money. And the easiest way is to have a joint checking for expenses and then two separate accounts, each personal expenses, and they should be shared equally as well because there will always be one partner who's working or one partner who's making more and what kind of percentage should you do that? No, you're in a marriage together, your partner's, Everything should be cohesive um, and supportive for each other. So those are some of the things that people are coming in uh, to see me. And then, again, there's all kinds of things, personal situations, in-laws. Uh, mm -hmm. Some people fight very dirty. They bring in their history, their in-laws into the picture. Or children, how many or do they want any, where to live, some of the things. So I actually made up this um, emotional prenup. Because I always felt it a little bit, um, I don't know if we always had a prenup, but a little bit off that before you get married, you're talking about divorce. How about, you know, not making it a business thing? You can do that too. But how about preventing the need for the prenup to begin with? So yeah. I thought emotional prenup, which would mean make a list of things that yeah. are, you know, deal breakers. And well, let's then talk about that in the next segment. I think okay. that's great emotional prenups you know what are the things that are deal breakers what are the things that you love and also you know the whole idea of gary chapman's book the five love languages how do we receive love you know whether it's through gifts or, or acts of service or attention or you know all of those i mean there's several of them but i think it, it would be great to talk about this prevention piece of really um, of the emotions in the prenup I think that's a great idea. So my guest today is Frida Birnbaum, PhD. She's a research psychologist. 
Her award, she's an award-winning author of the book Life Begins at 60, A New View of Motherhood, Marriage, and Reinventing Ourselves. And she is the oldest woman in America to give birth to twins. The mother of five, her youngest sons were born when she was 60. Lending a unique perspective on issues related to parenting and the empowerment of women at any age. Stay tuned, folks. I'm Patricia Raskin. We'll be right back. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Do you ever have an off day? Or is your life positive and uplifting? Making Life Brighter is a forum for positive, inspired, and contemplative thought, showcasing experts in their fields, including authors, musicians, and artists. Your host, Winifred Adams, will bring to life topics to stimulate and make your life brighter. We want to hear from you. Be sure to tune in Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It is time to change the negative narrative of divorce. Families are hungry for a different option. Listen to The Good Divorce Show with Karen McNinney. You will discover how to function as one family living in two homes. There are high-functioning, stable, and happy divorce families living in your neighborhood. What's their secret sauce? What did their journey look like? Do they have regrets or recommendations? Let's find out. It's never too late to have a good divorce. The Good Divorce Show, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to Melody Edmondson's The Space of the Waste radio program. This companion piece to her successful guidebook series, The Space of the Waste, focuses on body types and how to make your waist length flattering, no matter what your body type is. Guests include designers, merchandise managers, factory owners, and more. You'll also find out what accessories will complement your body shape and waist length. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone and today we're talking about being an older adult and how we can thrive, not just survive, with someone who is a fabulous role model. Her name is Dr. Frida Birnbaum, PhD. She is a research psychologist, and she's the award-winning author of the book, Life Begins at 60, A New View of Motherhood, Marriage, and Reinventing Ourselves. Notably, Dr. Frida Birnbaum is the oldest woman in America to give birth to twins. The mother of five, her youngest sons were born when she was 60, lending her unique perspective on issues relating to parenting and the empowerment of women at any age. You can log on to drfrida.com, F-R-I-E-D-A.com. Welcome back, Dr. Frida. Thank you so much. All right. So you talked about before the break, this whole idea of an emotional prenup, which can happen at any age. A lot of people are getting old, getting married in their married and remarried in their 40s, 50s, 60s and 70s. So let's talk about the emotional prenup and how important that is, because that also helps with happiness and joy and being able to bring up your children with joy. Talk about that. Well, you know, marriage brings security. Uh, it's a license to be faithful and to be supportive of each other and to grow together. But then again, what are the details? Uh, will you take turns supporting each other? Is one person supposed to make more money? Are both people supposed to work? We were talking about a comfort level 
of even how you argue, how you argue. Are you as somebody who's silent and saw the other person attacking? Are you a saver? Are you a spender? All these things to know ahead of time can help you to work it through. Because once you're involved emotionally with the closest people we're involved with, that's when we feel the safest, safest, and that's when the problem begins because we let it all out on them. And then there's no way of stepping back. So it's good to know that you have the safety net of what to do and then how to compromise when there are problems. So there's going to be a point where not a deal break, this is a deal breaker. I'm not going to, if you ha- you're unfaithful or if you don't want children or if you don't want to live close to my parents or whatever that is, we, we have to fix this before we do anything. If that's more important. Now, what if the other person is committed not to fixing it? So we have to be able to compromise. What does that mean, compromise? Who wants it more? How do you get into the, to the middle? How do you get that uh, each other uh, agreeing? So it's not about who's right or wrong, but mostly what's most effective. And the person who breaks that circle is the one who's going to be able to get everybody's needs met. So you can't let your ego get in the way. You have to be able to be flexible because after the three years of marriage, uh, things happen to everybody. Uh, but it's really how you cope with what's going on that makes the difference. Mm, yeah. And and how important is it to have the same values? It's very important because I'm Jewish and I married somebody Jewish. And his values about what the religion is is very different than mine. But through the years, we've compromised. I've told you, we go to this place, this uh, Chabad, which is you can drive there. You you can be whoever you want to be. Uh, and yet you're part of the spiritual aspect of it, uh, which is nice, uh, not only uh, from that area, but there are other places you can go to for that as well to sort of connect and associate with what's important in your life, to hear speeches. So we compromise that way. So I think compromising is extremely important. And another thing that's very important is to listening what the other person wants. You're not the only one in the picture. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to know about feelings and, and compassion and caring. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit more about, you know, having children when we're older. Certainly, if we're past menopause or we're in menopause and we can't have them dialogically, as you said, we can make a decision to have them with in vitro. And so the question is, when you're older then, do you think you have a better opportunity to be even a stronger parent because you have made that decision? You don't just do in vitro. You just don't get pregnant with in vitro. It's something you have to talk about and think about and work together. So do you think that in a way or that uh, older parents have the opportunity to be even stronger parents because, as you said, they've thought it out, they've had the experience, they may have other children, and they've really planned this? Yes, that's true. They really planned it. Uh, You have counseling. Um, You have to go through the uh, techniques of what you have to do. Um, You have to uh, have money for it. Uh, you have to get injections for it. Uh, this is something that's work, and you have to be committed to it. So you really want to be a parent to go through all this. Uh, this is something that wasn't an accident, and it's important for a good relationship. You can't be a good parent if you don't love the person you're with, because that person may end up looking like that other person. And okay. so you have to have the bonding together first, uh, before you follow through so you can have the passion uh, to be there for your children. And when you do all that, I mean, uh, when you have that kind of connection, uh, you can be, uh, first of all, having a partner in your life and having a committed relationship, being married actually is what research has shown. People are happier and they live longer. Uh, so forget about the vitamins, <laughs> just find a partner and you'll be okay. So that's part of it. And, uh, you know, finding the right partner. 
finding the right partner. Well, if you go through my emotional uh, prenup, it'll be the right partner. You'll have no choice. He better be right or she better be, or they're out of there. Well, that's part of it. And um, so when you have that type of everything, everything, when you have business, you have family, you have, there's always something missing. There's always a void if you don't do uh, the whole picture. There are people that don't want the whole picture. And there are people that are very contented uh, living on their own, um, being alone. Yeah. Uh, yes, there are. There are. And those people know what it is that they want and know what it is that gets them to a secure place. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about people who want companionship, uh, who want a relationship, who want to fulfill themselves in a different way uh, with a partner. Uh, so this is what you need to go through with this emotional uh, prenup, but you do end up better and happier than before. And do you feel that that goes for same-sex marriages, trans marriages? I mean, do you feel that all of these principles apply? I have neighbors across the street. Of course, I won't say their names. And they are two men who are the best parents, their partners, the nicest people, have the best lifestyles, you know, very bright, um, successful. So uh, their sex roles do not define them. It's really the same ongoing theme with this interview. It's age, gender ID, sex, sexual orientation, um, ethnicity. It doesn't define you. It's the person. Personally, who are you? Where are you in your life? What is it that's going to be the most fulfilling for you? Mm. And when you look at that, there are certain elements that you do need to have. Um, it's interesting. And Freud used to say, a person in business feels as if they're missing out on the arts and vice versa. They feel a void. You always feel some kind of void somewhere. And it's never enough. And we try to keep uh, filling it up. People with kids want more kids uh, sometimes. But... Um, so that that feeling of having to have everything is something that's innate in us. It's difficult with children, but they feed you emotionally so much. Mm-hmm. Marriages are difficult, but it also feeds you so much. Career is difficult. So they say you have to be uncomfortable to be comfortable. Life yeah. is not easy. If you want it easy, you'll say, how did that person get everything? Well, that person worked hard for everything. <laughs> That's how they got everything. There's a, there's a saying, there's no growth in the comfort zone. And yes. no comfort in the growth zone. Ah, mm-hmm. see, that's good. That's a good one. So that's, that's very important. That's very similar. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, if you don't use your energy, you get depressed. I've yeah. tried staying home, putting on some sweats and saying, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to go shopping for food. I get in the car, I pick my kids up, um, I'll hang out, I'll make myself lunch. Then when it's time to go to sleep, I say, what happened during the, to, to the day? What, what a, the day just went. Yeah. I didn't have my day to myself. Yeah. So what are your closing thoughts, Frida? What would you like to leave our listeners with about life begins at 60? Or, and we talked about other age groups as well. But what, what would be your general philosophy on happiness and fulfillment? You have to be true to yourself. You have to know who you are and what it is you need. The minute you listen to someone else, you're in trouble. And I say, don't go with your brain. Don't go with your mind. Go with your feelings. Because your brain will say, this is what you're supposed to do. But your 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 feelings will give you exactly the right answer, how you feel. And nobody can tell you how you feel. So if you could focus on that, you'll have all the answers and go in the right direction. That's what it, it takes strength because people love to tell other people what to do. They mean well. Uh, but you're not there to win friends and gain influence. Mm-hmm. You're there to be able to identify who you are. That's very well said. 
How can people find you? So uh, I, the, my email is uh, D-O-C-T-O-R-F-R-I-E-D-A at gmail.com. My website is D-R-F-R-I-E-D-A.com. And I have a podcast, The Dr. Frida Show. Yeah, which is wonderful. Yeah, thank you. And people can find that on any podcast network? They can find it, yes, on any of the podcasts in the group. Well, I want to thank you for being on the program, Frida. It was was delightful and insightful. Thank you. My pleasure. And thank you for doing such a great job with interviewing. You really are good. (laughs) Really great. I appreciate it. So just to share again, Dr. Frida Birnbaum's book is Life Begins at 60, A New View of Motherhood, Marriage, and Reinventing Ourselves. DrFrida.com is her website, and she's the oldest woman in America to give birth to twins at the age of 60. And has five children and a wonderful marriage and a wonderful relationship and works with a lot of people who are seeking or just want to get a tune-up. Right, Dr. Frida? We all need tune-ups, always. That's (laughs) something that's... Even therapists go to therapy groups for tune-ups. Absolutely. All right. Whatever. Love you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Stay on just... My pleasure. Thank you. All right. Um, everyone, that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. You can find me, Patricia, at patriciaraskin.com to get a copy of my newsletter to see all these great guests. Also, if you're thinking of doing your own podcast and you want to share your positive message, I've interviewed about 5,000 people in my work and would be happy to help you. So again, Patricia at patriciaraskin.com. And on Facebook, it's Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. Remember, Stay happy, stay healthy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.